0: As Sarah said, today we're in part five of our Sermon on the Mount series called All In. And it's based on a sermon that Jesus preached. And in this sermon, Jesus was speaking to many of his followers, as well as a whole bunch of people who were interested in being his followers. And as Jesus was speaking with them, he was giving them his all in speech of what it looks like for us to be fully devoted in our relationship with him. And he was speaking about all kinds of different subjects. He went from subject to subject to subject. He spoke about money. He spoke about our anger issues. He spoke about our emotions our attitudes, our prayer life, how we should treat other people, our relationships, our commitments. He spoke about all kinds of things. And then in Matthew chapter seven, verse one, he spoke about something that is often misunderstood. So listen to what he said in verse one. He said, do not judge others and you will not be judged. I'm curious, how many of you have ever heard that verse before in your life? Okay, so whether you're a Christ follower or not a Christ follower, I think like everybody knows that verse. Uh, often, Christ followers will be talking about somebody else and a decision that they have made, something that, that they don't think is an appropriate decision, and then maybe at the end of that conversation, they'll say, you know, I, I probably shouldn't, you know, be talking about this because we're not supposed to judge anybody. And then even some non-Christians We'll quote that verse if they feel like they're being judged, especially by a Christian, and we'll tell them, hey, you're not supposed to judge me. The Bible says so. And many people seem to know this verse, even though we may not know what Jesus really meant by it or the verses that come after it. So, this morning, we're going to talk about what Jesus really meant when it comes to judgment. And as we begin this, I want to just spend some time thinking about the topic of judgment, one of our most favorite subjects of all time, right? How many of you would say you love to be judged? Anybody? Nobody? How many of you would say that you have been judged in your life for anything? Um, I think we know that our world is a very judgmental place, and uh, people get judged for all kinds of, of crazy things. People get judged by the color of their skin. People get judged by who they date and who they marry. People get judged because they're too thin or not thin enough or not athletic enough or not smart enough or don't have a, the right kind of job or drive the right kind of car, or wear the right kind of clothes. We get judged uh, for all kinds of really crazy, sad things, and we all hate to be judged. But with as much uh, that we hate being judged, think about this, we often judge other people. Like, we often do that. We often form opinions about other people that could be considered very judgmental. Anybody been watching uh, basketball recently? All right, so when we watch basketball, we watch our favorite athletic event. Don't you sometimes find yourself judging the referees, (laughs) judging those who are judging the game? Or maybe judging the coaching for the decision that they made in that moment. It was a bad decision. They shouldn't have sent that player in, but they did, and my team lost. Uh, We judge our bosses for decisions that they make that we don't think they should have made that decision. And we may be private about that judgment, but we judge people kind of often. We judge people um, that we meet for the very first time. We all do this. You meet somebody brand new for the first time, and within seconds, you've made a judgment based upon what you see. You may not know anything about them. Your judgment may be right. Your judgment may be wrong. But we make quick assumptions about people. We make assumptions about people we don't even know. Here's an example from my life. So this past week... Uh, my wife gave me the dreaded phone call or the dreaded text. I can't remember which one it was, but it was, could you stop by the store after work? And I'm like, no, no, it's full of people. I don't want to go in there. And so I went to Publix and um, I'm shopping and it's about six and people are everywhere. And I'm shopping, I'm getting my stuff, uh, I'm, I'm trying to hurry to get out of the store, and I come around this one aisle, and I see this couple down in the middle of the aisle, and the first thing I think, I look down the aisle, I see them, I make this quick assessment, and I thought, well, that's a strange-looking couple. <laughs> and if you were with me, I think you would say the same thing. I mean, the, what they were wearing, how they were dressed, I mean, they it just looked strange to me. It didn't say it out loud, thankfully, it just thought it. And then I went on doing my shopping. I came around another aisle and I see that same couple and they're a little bit farther away from me. So I was in the prime spot to do some people watching, one of my favorite pastimes. So I come around the corner, just pause enough, and I could see them looking at another strange individual. So there was somebody else walking down the aisle and walked right in front of them. And I watched them both pause look at that person while they walked in front of them and then look back at each other and communicated, that's a strange person. So I'm, you know, I made a judgment, they're making a judgment. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And I start walking away. And I looked around to see who was making a judgment about me. Like who's looking at the bald guy watching everybody else going, well, that's a weird looking guy. We all make judgments And if you're new here this morning with us, or if you ever attend a church for the first time as a new person, you make judgments. It's not a bad thing. It's just a thing. You know, when I visit a church for the first time, I'm making assessments about that church. Is it a friendly group of people or not? You know, is the worship engaging? Is the preaching uh, uh, relevant? Is, Is it theologically sound? We make judgments all the time. And this morning, some of you are making a judgment right now about me. It's okay. It's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm okay to handle that. Uh, as a pastor, I get judged um, by people all the time from uh, all kinds of things, from the clothes that I wear to the style of teaching that I do. There are folks that do not feel that it's appropriate for me to dress casually on Sunday, especially when I teach. There are some that, that feel like it's disrespectful for me to wear jeans and a t shirt on Sunday morning when I'm teaching. And in honor of those people, I'm wearing jeans and a (laughs) t-shirt this morning to emphasize the reality that we all judge people. We don't like to be judged, but we all judge people. And get this, we all want some people to be judged. So follow my thinking for a minute. When you are going down the interstate about 90 miles an hour, okay, (laughs) somebody passes you going over 100 miles an hour, what do you hope happens? <laughs> that they get pulled over? I hope that there's a state trooper up around the next clump of trees, and I hope I come around the next corner, I see them pulled over, and I would feel so great about that. I don't want to be pulled over going 20 miles an hour over a speed them, but I sure hope somebody else gets pulled over who's going faster than I am. Now, I don't know if you have kids or not, but imagine that you have a 16-year-old daughter who tells you that she's going on a date tonight with a 29-year-old man in our community who's known to have been around the block a few too many times. Okay, so at your home, are you going to say, you know, I don't want to judge this guy. I don't really know him really well. You know, he'll probably, you know, take good care of my daughter. He probably has really good intentions. Are you going to say that at your house? I'm not going to say that at my house. I would shout up to my daughter, hey, no need to finish getting ready for your date. He's already left in a body bag. You won't see him again. Sorry, he won't be back. Uh, In church world, We have some very strict standards for who gets to serve in our children's ministry, in our student ministry, and if you are a parent, you are glad we have those standards because you don't want just anybody working with our kids. So even though we hate to be judged, even though we judge people, there are moments that we want other people to be judged. So what do we do with what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1? I think we got to keep reading. In verse 2, Jesus said, For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. So Jesus basically says, Judge others the way that you want to be judged. So how do you want to be judged when you're being judged? Fairly. else? Justly? Gracefully. Gracefully. I'm not so sure about the fair thing. I understand it. I think we all like fairness, Um, but I don't know that I fully like fairness when it's applied to me. Um, I want people to judge my intentions, not my actions. And often what we do is we judge people's actions. We don't judge their intentions. So if we say fair... And I go, I don't know, because there's moments that judgment coming back on me, I wouldn't like the fair part of that. I want people to be gracious. I want people to pour out a whole lot of mercy on me. I want people to say, you know what? He made a weird decision there, but I bet he had good intentions. That's what I want people to do for me in in those moments. And so Jesus is basically saying, do you want people to judge you the same way that you judge them? It's a good question to be asking ourselves. Then Jesus continued in verse three. He asks, why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, well, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? And I wonder in that moment if Jesus like picked up a log that was sitting around him and like held it up to his eye going like, yeah, this looks a little weird, doesn't it? But that's what you're doing sometimes. So Jesus says we can't help other people deal with the stuff in their lives until we deal with the stuff in our lives. And he gets pretty emphatic about that. The next word he uses in in verse five is the word hypocrite. Jesus says, if you try to help people deal with something in their lives without looking at your own life first, you're a hypocrite. And he continues, and he says, first, get rid of the log in your own eye. So when Jesus says first, that means there's a second. That means there's something else that's about to follow this first thing that Jesus is going to talk about. We'll get to that in just a minute, but first things first. So when we feel the need to judge other people, we feel the need to confront somebody else about something that they're doing or not doing, we should first look into the mirror and see if there's something going in our lives that we need to address first. So I brought with me this morning a mirror to help illustrate this. And if you think about mirrors, we use them all the time, don't we? Uh, Hopefully, in the morning, you know, when you wake up and you start your day, hopefully, you look in the mirror, you know, a couple of times just to make sure that you're ready for the day. You've wiped out the, you know, the eye boogers and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you're ready to engage people. Throughout the day, we look in mirrors as maybe you stop to use the restroom or you, you know, walk past a, a storefront and maybe you look in the mirror, or the reflection there. At the end of the day, hopefully, you know, you're brushing your teeth, looking in the mirror, looking at yourself again. Maybe you wash your face before you go to bed at night. Um, there are even people who are so good at multitasking, they drive and look in mirrors <laughs> and put makeup on. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying which gender that is, but there, you know, some scary stuff you see out there when you're driving. So we, we're very familiar with mirrors, but we struggle with what Jesus talks about here. So Jesus says, like, don't hold up the mirror of judgment to everybody else to show them the stuff that they need to work on in their lives. Turn the mirror around and look in your own life. Look at your own motives. Look at your own judgments. Look at your own attitudes. Look at your own behavior and evaluate. You know what? Do I have a log in my eye? Like, is there something significant in my life that's keeping me from living the way that God wants me to live? How dare I go try to help somebody else until I look in my own life? So listen to what the brother of Jesus said about this. James spoke about this, about mirrors in James chapter 1, verse 19. He said, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. I will admit this morning that I usually get those backwards. Like, I struggle with that. Um, I don't listen real well sometimes. Sometimes I am quick to speak, I'm quick to make a judgment. Uh, I'm quick to offer my opinion, and I need to learn to slow down, listen more. Verse 20 says, Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires, so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves, for if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away, you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So we need to apply the same truth that we want other people to apply to their lives. And if we don't, If we run around telling people how to live and we don't apply that truth to our own life, Jesus says we're hypocrites. So are you living in any hypocritical way right now? Are you telling people to live a certain way but you're not living that way? Do you know the way that you should be living and maybe you're not and people know that maybe you're a Christ follower and they know there's an inconsistency? in what you say you believe, in how you're living? Are you living in any kind of hypocritical way? If so, we need to take that hard, honest look in the mirror and address the stuff that we see there. So Jesus said, first, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. So that's the second thing that Jesus tells us to do. The second thing is help other people that have issues in their lives that they need to address. He doesn't say don't do that. He says help your friend. And when we are the ones who take the honest look in our own lives, we become the perfect candidate to help somebody else deal with anything that might be happening in their lives. Now, some of you might be thinking, You know, if I do that, like if I go talk to somebody about something that's going on in their life, a way that they're off track in in possibly their relationship with God, won't they think that's judgmental? They might think that's judgmental. But I want you to listen to what Jesus said to a group of religious leaders in John chapter seven. So in that chapter, Jesus is being unfairly judged by these religious leaders. They hate him. They're jealous of him. And they want him dead. And so Jesus says in response to them in, in John chapter 7, verse 24, he says, look beneath the surface so you can judge correctly. Jesus says there's a correct way to judge, there's a right way to judge, and there's a wrong way to judge. So what are some of the wrong ways to judge? Superficial judgments are wrong, where we make quick assessments about people and we don't even really know them. Hypocritical judgments are wrong, where we're hoping somebody will live a certain way that we aren't living, or we'll expect them to live a way that we aren't living. Self-righteous judgments are wrong, where we look down on other people because they're not as spiritual as we are. That's wrong. Harsh and unforgiving judgments are wrong, where we claim to know that somebody will never change. I'm so hard on this person because they're never going to change and they need it. Do we really know that? Do we really know that they won't change? Untrue judgments are wrong. Where we know our judgment is false, but there are moments we don't care that it's false because we don't like that person. And we hope that other people will join us in not liking that person. And it really doesn't matter if we stretch or bend the truth so that we paint that person in a wrong light. All those types of judgments are wrong. So what's a right type of judgment? When we hope that somebody approaches us the same way that we would want to be confronted, we would want to be judged, um, by somebody who is looking in the mirror of their own life and somebody who approaches us lovingly and humbly and graciously. So I want you to listen to what the Apostle Paul says In Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, an extension to what Jesus has said in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So Paul says... If you're a follower of Jesus and you recognize another believer is off track in their relationship with God, you should go after them. And some of us would say, but that might be judgmental. Paul says, you should go lovingly confront them. You should not sit in a position of judgment over them and sentence them to whatever punishment you think they deserve. You should lovingly go and confront them. And notice that he said, other believers that you know. He's talking about people that you know, people in your circle of influence. Paul's not saying you should run out into the community, confront everybody who's living a way that you don't think they should live. He's not saying that. He's saying if you know somebody, you should lovingly confront them. And I'm going to push that just a little bit, okay? So I'm going to push it beyond just another believer. So let's say that you know somebody who's not a Christ follower. Let's say that you're here today and you're not a Christ follower and you know a Christ follower who's not living the way that they should. Let's say that that friend of yours is wrapped up in some life choice that is ruining their life, ruining their family, and just kind of destroying so many relationships around them. Shouldn't you go and talk to them about that? I think we should whether they're Christ followers or not, if it's somebody that we know, if it's somebody that we love, I think we should love them enough to go and talk to them. Now, Paul, in that verse, he he tells us kind of who should do that, who should do the confronting. If you're a Christ follower, he says those who are godly. Now, most people wouldn't say, hey, I'm godly. It's kind of like asking, hey, do you feel like you're humble? The moment you raise your hand, you're not, you know, so it's kind of awkward. But I think what Paul is saying there is those who are on track in their relationship with God should be the ones to go and talk to somebody who's off track. If we are off track in those moments, we're not applying the truth that we need to apply to our lives. We shouldn't confront anybody about anything. But if we're on track in our relationship with God, we should lovingly confront people that we know that are off track. And we should be careful, Paul says, be careful Because you could fall into the same temptation. You know, sometimes when when we get real passionate or animated or you know possibly judgmental about something somebody else is doing, sometimes our passion comes from the reality that we struggle with the same thing. So we should be careful because we could end up in the exact same spot. And, And as we go talk to them, Paul says, approach them humbly and gently. Don't approach them out of arrogance, out of self-righteousness. Approach them knowing that, you know, we all make decisions that pull us away from from God, that get us off track in our relationship with him. So approach them humbly and gently. Now, as a result of what we've talked about today and what we've learned about the Sermon on the Mount and we've, we've extended that through what the Apostle Paul is saying, if you are feeling like, so empowered to go confront everybody in our community, I got a word for you today, and it's you got a log in your eye, okay? So if, if you're feeling that way, if you've kind of have that personality that just loves to tell people what they're doing wrong, I encourage you this morning to sit before the mirror of God's truth and let God speak to you. We can't help anybody until we receive the help that we need. But I would think that there's a bigger group of people here today who are now thinking, I wish I wouldn't have heard this message. (laughs) Like, why'd I come to church today? Like, Now I gotta do something with this. And you might recognize that maybe in your life there's somebody that you need to confront and you're a little bit nauseous right now. Like, oh, I would never wanna do that. So if you're in that spot, here's what I encourage. If you sense that there's somebody that you need to confront, I encourage you to spend some time looking into the mirror of God's truth. Make sure there's not a log in your eye. If you need help with that, talk to some trusted friends. Invite them to speak truth to you. Say, hey, there's somebody I need to talk to about something, but I need to make sure that my motives are right, that my life is okay in this moment, that I'm on track with God, so would you please spend some time with me? Let that friend speak to you. Let God speak to you. And then, after that, be courageous enough to go talk to your friend. Love them enough to go sit and have that conversation. I want to fast forward all of our lives into eternity, okay? So let's all fast forward whenever that time frame may be and you and your friend are sitting in, e- in eternity talking about that event. You could either have a conversation where they say, why didn't you talk to me? Like, you knew I was off track, why didn't you talk to me? Or they could say, Thank you for talking to me. That helped me in that moment. And that does not mean that everybody that we talk to is gonna be so excited, so glad, and so thankful that we came and spoke to them. When people lovingly confront me, no matter how loving it is, I'm not always all that excited. It's kind of painful. And there are moments that people will reject what we have to say. But listen to how Jesus finished this section of the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 6, he said, Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls and then turn back and attack you. It's kind of a strange statement, but I think what Jesus is getting at here is that there are people who will continually reject Our offer to help them get back on track in their relationship with God. And if that happens, then we should step back. We should step back and allow them to face some of the natural consequences that their decisions are going to lead them to. We don't have a responsibility to help everybody, especially if they don't want the help and they continually prove that they don't want the help. Now, Let's say years down the road, they get to a different place where they recognize they need help. Let's say they get to a spot where they say, you know what, Like I have ruined my life. All these decisions that I've made have ruined my life. Who can help me? And let's say they think of you. They think, I know. There's somebody who offered to help me years ago. I should reach out to them. So what should we do when they come back? Should we say, I tried to help you 20 years ago and you didn't want the help then. Sucks to be you. We shouldn't say that, okay? We should extend our hand of help and say, of course I will help you. Of course I will help you get back on track in your relationship with God. So what Jesus said about judgment is so misunderstood by Christ followers and non-Christians alike And yet, I think through it, he was really encouraging us not to sit in a position of judgment over people, but to lovingly help people stay on track with him or get on track with him. So some of you may sense that you need to do that. You may sense that you have a conversation that maybe you need to have today or maybe you need to have later this week. So in just a minute, our worship team is going to come out and close it. Close us in a song called I Surrender. And as we're kind of closing out today, what I hope kind of happens, I'm gonna give you just some freedom in this space. You can sit if you want to, you can stand if you want to, but what I wanna do is kind of set in front of you the mirror of God's truth. So as you're sitting here this morning and singing, I hope that you're kind of just looking into the truth of God's mirror and you're looking in your own life and you're saying to God, God, I surrender my life. If there's something that you need to speak to me about, if I have a log in my eye, point that out. If I've got a speck in my eye, point that out. I want to deal with that. I want to have the right heart. I want to have the right motives before I go and approach anybody else about their issues. So I'm going to pray. Then we're going to spend a few minutes It's kind of looking into the mirror of God's truth. So let's pray together. Lord, this is one of those subjects that is so misunderstood, so misapplied in our lives. Christ followers and non-Christians alike don't really understand what you meant when you were talking about judgment in Matthew chapter 7. And Lord, we always need to look into the mirror of your truth and allow you to transform our lives. And as we do that, Lord, you want us to also take steps towards people that we know. People that are off track in their relationship with you. And you want us to lovingly help them get back on track. And Lord, that's a hard thing to do. And yet you've done it with us. And you ask that we do it with other people. You ask that we never sit in a position of judgment over anybody. But we lovingly help other people. Because we love them enough. So, this morning, as we close and sing the song I Surrender, Lord, we're kind of symbolically looking into the mirror of your truth. And we're asking you to speak truth to us. Lord, if there's a log that we need to deal with, point it out. If there's a speck, point it out. Help us to deal with the stuff in our own lives and give us the courage, give us the boldness, give us the love for other people to go and humbly and gently and graciously help somebody else get back on track with you. In Jesus' name we pray this, amen.